listening to the Alan Carter Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome to the program, and the story continues to change, not hour by hour, but minute by minute. Stay with us over the next hour. We will get you up to date on what's going on in the fight against coronavirus, what's happening here in Ontario, federally, and around the world. You heard from the Prime Minister in the last hour, new measures trying to get the up to 3 million Canadians who may be abroad to get them home. Money for that. Personal loans of $5,000 to try and get home. Parks Canada closed. Economic relief is coming tomorrow. More announcements on that, plus changes to tax filing. Those are some of the headlines from the Prime Minister's update just a short while ago. Here in Ontario, of course, the headline is that Ontario has declared a state of emergency. And what was yesterday a recommendation from the Medical Officer of Health is today an order from the province and from the Premier. All restaurants, all bars, all daycares, and so on, closed, ordered to be closed. Over the next hour, we want to hear from you. What are your stories? 416-870-6400. Do you know someone who is trying to get back to Canada? Do you have someone in your family who is abroad right now and has realized it is time to get home and are scrambling? I know I do. Your stories about your family members, and about yourself and how you are coping and how you are going to get through this because the Prime Minister was asked this morning how much longer, how long should Canadians expect these measures to be in place? And his answer, weeks or months. Months. And we should be prepared for that. You heard in the news a 77-year-old man, Ontario's first confirmed death from COVID-19. We are going to get more details on that coming up. The other number that is interesting today is the number of new cases. That may have jumped out to you. Eight new cases. And you would think, well, wait a minute, that, that sounds like great news. And hopefully it is great news because over the past couple of days, it's been you know in the 30-plus range. So eight, much less. But... The key number to here to look at is the number of tests. And the current number of tests for COVID-19 in Ontario sits at 11,167. Yesterday's number was about 10,100, and give or take. So that's 1,000 tests. That is concerning. That The level of testing is a concern. We're going to continue to keep you up to date. We're watching the federal government. We expect an update from the health minister coming up in a little bit. I am working remotely. I am now working from our Barbara Green office, our global news office. I'm no longer broadcasting from Chorus Key as so many of us move to uh, remote work. And I'm just working now from a single workplace. I'm still going into work. Uh, many of you are not. You may have heard the news that there have been two confirmed cases of COVID-19 amongst Global News staff. And that is important because it brings home, I think, to everybody who works here, and perhaps it should bring home to you that there are going to be positive cases, most likely that you know. It is possible we can, you know, through social mitigation and social distancing, pardon me, be able to stop this curve and flatten out the curve. You've heard that. But it it's going to be increasingly likely that you know someone that tests positive. 
And that's just something we're going to have to deal with. Shiba Siddiqui is my producer and who is working at Chorus Key, at least for today. Shiba, how are we dealing with uh, the onslaught of news today? Well, I mean, things are changing by the hour from the Prime Minister's uh, press conference just now. Now we're waiting for the, the health ministers to come on. And um, we have a clip here of the Ontario health minister. If I can throw to that, Rob, do you want to play that regarding the Ontario, an Ontario man's death? Someone has uh, passed away. Uh, the COVID-19 was detected in their uh, system post-death. Uh, this person had been in close contact with another person who uh, was also positive for COVID-19. However, the matter uh, with uh, at our request is now being investigated by the coroner's office. That is Health Minister Christine Elliott talking about the first confirmed death from COVID-19 here in this province, a 77-year-old man from the Muskoka area. More details will come out likely about that today. And we're watching Ottawa now and waiting to see whether or not the Prime Minister, it sounds like the Deputy Prime Minister, Christian Freeland, will be taking the podium very shortly in addressing the nation, and we will go to that as soon as we have it. Also, looking for your calls later on this hour as we get your stories, 870-6400. That's 416-870-6400. Sheba Siddiqui is my producer, and we'll be taking your calls and putting you through. Sheba, are we working on getting Christia Freeland out of Ottawa? We are. We have no update on that yet, but I will certainly keep you posted once that comes up. Um, we do have a call, though, from Mike, who is uh, who has several friends that are in the medical industry and are dentists who are continuing to work through. I'm going to put Mike through to you right now, okay? Mike, welcome to the program. Elective dentistry has been called off, has it not? You know someone who is continuing to practice? Okay, we seem to be having a little bit of a technical problem, so we're going to try to get Mike on with you soon. All right, as we continue to uh, work through this, as you know, we're sort of all doing it on the fly, and you, you may be in the same sort of situation where you're working from home and trying to figure out the technology and how do you dial into that meeting and how is it that you actually can remain productive. The concern for so many people is going to be in the immediate things like paying your rent, paying your mortgage. If you are a part-time employee, how are you going to get paid? Or if you are a freelancer... All of those details are still to come. You heard from the Prime Minister about that. You heard from Doug Ford earlier about it. The announcement of $300 million from the Premier this morning. However, on digging down and drilling down on that, it looks like it's $200 million from the Feds and a previously announced $100 million. It does sound like the legislature in Ontario will come back uh, by Thursday uh, to try and pass this. The Prime Minister was asked during the press conference, why is it that Canada has not declared a state of emergency like in the United States, like the province has done? Why do we not declare a national state of emergency? And the Prime Minister's answer to that is that it is a technical uh, aspect, the state of emergency declaration, that unlocks powers that are not required at this time. That was his answer to that question. So, again, $5,000 loan to try and get people home. Do you know people who are trying to get home to Canada right now who may have gone on vacation? Maybe snowbirds. 
I know of a number of uh, family members who vacation in Arizona and they vacation in other areas, and they are hightailing it right now across the United States on their way back to Canada, trying to get back over the border. And you can be sure that that is a stressful drive as they try and do that and remain socially isolated at the same time. And many of these people, of course, you know, these are our parents and our grandparents, the retirees that we know. And the concern amongst them must be very high. And the concern for us, too, you know, as younger people, is how do we socially distance? So the responsible thing to do is when your parents, if they are driving back, if they are coming back from south of the border, is to keep your distance. Don't go and see them. You just can't right now. We talked about this yesterday about keeping your pod Close your pod, your family pod. If you have an immediate family members, make sure that you limit your social interaction as much as possible. And for so many people, part of the problem is is going to be if you're in a situation like me, you have a split household. And you have kids that go, you know, from, I have kids go from their mom's place to my place. And, you know, you don't, at no point do I have to want to be able to say, I can't see the kids for two weeks. Alan, we have the health minister, Patty Haidu, who's speaking right now. Let's go to that live, Patty Haidu in Ottawa. that are happening right now are disruptive, and they are fast, and this is a stressful time for everyone. But we do have this opportunity right now to do what needs to be done to ensure the health and safety of all of our citizens and protect our health care system to be able to respond to the most critical of cases. And that's why I'm again asking Canadians for their help. It is up to all of us to limit the spread of COVID-19. Continuez à vous laver les mains. Restez à la maison si vous êtes malade. Keep washing your hands. Stay home, especially when you're sick. And avoid large gatherings, even if you're healthy. Anything over 50 people now is too big. It is St. Patrick's Day today, but we have to practice social distancing even on days that we normally would be celebrating with one another. Don't shake hands. Keep a two-meter distance from each other. Acting together now will also protect all of our frontline workers, the health care providers, the border service agents, our police officers across our country, public health officials who are working so hard to protect us. And I want to thank all of those workers for their extraordinary efforts under such difficult circumstances. But I also want to thank all of the other workers who are keeping our grocery store stocked and the lights on. Thank you so much. We see you. We appreciate you, and we are so grateful as Canadians that you continue to serve your fellow citizens. I'm very impressed to see Canadians coming together this way in a crisis, but I'm not surprised. We see what needs to be done together, and we are doing it with care and respect. This pandemic is no exception. We will get this through this hard time together. So my last appeal is make sure that you're kind to one another. Check in with vulnerable people by phone. Think of ways you can help to ensure that we get through this together. There are scared people. There are lonely people. There are frightened people. And it doesn't take a lot to reach out to them and say that you're there with them, even in spirit, to ask what they might need. We can do things for one another. We can deliver groceries to someone who has no ability to get out. We can ensure that there are ways that we can support our colleagues and our citizens. So just make sure you continue to ask how you can help. The same messages that we learned as children apply now. Share. Be kind. Ask how you can help. 
together as Canadians, we will get through this. Okay, well, thank you very much, Minister Haidu. Uh, we'll now hear from Dr. Tam, please. Thank you, and good afternoon, everyone. Globally, there are now over 180,000 cases of COVID-19 in over 160 countries. As of right now, we have over 440 cases in Canada. Most of the cases continue to be among travelers or their close contacts. And we still have eight confirmed cases among Canadians repatriated from the Grand Princess cruise ship and quarantined in CFB Trenton. Most concerning is the increase that we're seeing in Ontario, including three cases reported yesterday that have no link to travel outside of Canada. These cases are currently being investigated as community transmission. The cluster of cases in a long-term care facility in British Columbia, and now the one death reported in Ontario, reminds us of the serious nature of this virus and its impact on high-risk groups. We also have a number of cases in several provinces that are connected to a large dental conference in Vancouver with about 15,000 participants. This again is a reminder of what these large gatherings can do to amplify COVID-19 and why it is so important to practice social distancing to de delay the spread. If Canada is to succeed at delaying the outbreak and flattening the epidemic curve, we will all need to bring our best game and Team Canada spirit to bear to protect our country and most importantly, to protect our vulnerable populations. Public health authorities are continuing with their strong efforts to detect cases, to meticulously trace and manage contacts. Our provincial and national public health laboratories have tested over 37,000 individuals to date. This allows us to identify cases quickly and interrupt any chains of transmission and slow the spread of COVID-19. For every one of us, we need to know that each of our actions to increase the physical space between us by curbing social gatherings, avoiding entertainment in crowded enclosed spaces, postponing travel and living with everyday inconveniences, we can delay and dampen the impact of COVID-19 and protect our most vulnerable. But if the measure of a society is in how it cares for its most vulnerable, I'm calling on all of Canada to pull together and flatten this curve. I would like to remind Canadians that there is an ongoing need to continue donating blood. We need blood donors to book and keep their appointments to prevent shortages. Canadian Blood Services has robust cleaning, infection control and screening practices in place to protect all donors, staff and volunteers and as does Emma Quebec. Since this is St. Patrick's Day, I would like to quote a wise Irish colleague and a leader in the COVID-19 international response. Dr. Mike Ryan, director of the World Health Organization Emergency Program has said, be fast, have no regrets. The virus will always get you if you're not prepared. If you need to be right before you move, you will never win. Speed trumps perfection. The greatest error is not to move. So let's show them how we can move Canada. And this is our chance right here, right now. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much, Dr. Tam. Dr. New. Merci et bonjour à tous. L'échelle mondiale a dénombré plus de 180 000 cas de COVID-19 dans plus de 160 pays. 
As we move to uh, French language translation of what we just heard from Canada, Canada's Medical Officer of Health, the most concerning is the jump in cases in Ontario, especially three cases with no ties to community or no ties to travel and a strong possibility that community transmission is currently underway in this province. And you heard there live the Health Minister of Canada holding back tears, choking up, saying that you must, we must all pull together. Welcome back to the program. We are continuing to monitor what's happening in Ottawa, and we will take you back there as soon as we get any new information. Just an extraordinary press conference a few moments ago when Canada's Minister of Health began to choke up and try and hold back tears when talking about the fear that so many Canadians are experiencing, especially the elderly amongst us, our parents, our uncles, our loved ones who are considerably worried right now, especially those in long-term care homes. And so much concern about the possibility of transmission here in Ontario. We heard that from Canada's Medical Officer of Health. Three cases in particular here in Ontario, which cannot be traced to any travel or any close contact. That, more than anything, should bring home to you if you have not already heard the message. Social distancing is key. I want to hear from you over the course of the ne- of the next hour. 416-870-6400, your stories. Mike is on the line. Mike, hello. Hey, how are you today? I'm, well, I'm good. I'm, like so many of us, trying to, you know, uh, take in all the information and remain calm and focused on what I need to do. What are you seeing in the community where you are? Um, one, I think it's a whirlwind of panic for a lot of people. Uh, that's number one. Um, I think a lot of people are really concerned about their employment situation, too. Um, I got a lot of friends that uh, work in the dental field. Uh, I myself, I'm, I'm lucky enough to get a lot of uh, privileged information about what recommendations are going on in different industries. Um, my, my understanding was that was one of the industries that was recommended to do shutdown of all elective. Yeah, treatment. all electives, all elective dentistry has been shut down. Yeah, um, unfortunately, uh, a lot of friends I have in the field are, are still being forced to work in specialty offices, um, but I, not working on patients. On on patients, yes. On I'm not certain. If, I'm not certain if that's true. I mean, if there is, thanks, Mike. I appreciate being on the call. If there is somebody who actually is, that is something that they are being forced to do. I'd like to hear from you, but I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm. I'm reluctant to believe that that is uh, actually happening, that workers are being forced to do that. Uh, And if that is the case, and it was the case this morning, hopefully they have heard the message from the Prime Minister and the message from the Minister of Health and the message from the Premier and so on and so on and so on, which is social distancing is key. You are not to be going in to be getting your teeth cleaned. You do not need you know, to have that crown put in right now, if it is not absolutely necessary, do not do it. 416-870-6400, your personal stories. Do you know anybody trying to get back? Do you have a family member that you're in contact with who's trying to get home? I do, and all day yesterday, 
it's pardon me, I spent a, a lot of time on the phone trying to convince someone that this is very, very real and that they needed to come home immediately and that just because where they were, it seemed like everything was fine and the sort of belief that everything is being blown out of proportion, that the Prime Minister has said that now is the time to come home. Do you have a story like that? 416-870-6400. Shiba Siddiqui is my producer and is with me. Danny is also uh, on the line. Uh, Danny, you're worried about uh, transmission? Uh, good morning. Uh, we're talk- all talking about social distancing, which I believe is very, very important. But I was told, and I haven't verified this, uh, in a previous uh, uh, virus outbreak, transmission was people were being infected in remote areas, and they couldn't figure out why until they came upon the conclusion that uh, the virus being, was being transmitted via the post office through letters that had the virus on them, and people were opening uh, opening them. So, all right, thanks, uh, Danny. I, I appreciate that. I mean, I, I don't think there's any evidence of that. Certainly, we don't have any evidence yet that the virus actually can exist on surfaces for any amount of time. The WHO talked about that specifically yesterday. They are still studying it, and the fact of the matter is, we simply do not know exactly how long it exists, but it is a coronavirus. And so it works like a coronavirus. It is not the coronavirus. You, as you might know, coronavirus is, you know, encapsulates all kinds of flus, you know, the seasonal flu that comes around. This one is uh, particular in its structure. And then if you have it, what it causes is a disease called COVID-19. Vince is on the line. Vince, you work in construction. You still going to work? Um, yes. How are you doing? Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to um, say that there's this misconception about construction, and um, I have no idea why, they, why the government believes that it's deemed to be safe. Um, you know, I've been hearing uh, all kinds of stuff, basically, that there's only five to ten workers on a site. I'm currently on a site, and my company's a large company. I'd rather not mention their name, but they're one of the larger mechanical companies, and there's there's like seven to 800 people on these construction sites. What has and been the communication from your company about what to do? Have they attempted to try and get people to work from home? Well, in the construction field, it's extremely difficult, right? We're hands-on. We're uh, actual workers. I guess I'm talking about management, but have you? has there been any corporate uh, communication to you? Yeah. Yeah, and they've been professional, and, you know, for them, they're just following the lead of, of the government, what the government is telling them, and I just uh, I just want everyone to know that there is, uh, we are concerned, right, because we're working in close proximity with large numbers of people. There's no air filtration systems in these buildings, and I just, uh, we're, we're a little concerned that the government hasn't put any emphasis, and when they say that construction sites must go on, I just don't know if that's the smart thing to do or not. So are, are people showing Are people showing up? Are your coworkers well, coming to work? You know, people are coming to work. People are walking off-site. People are um, leaving at lunch. People are leaving at break. Rumors break through the uh, job site that, you know, this person got back from that vacation, that person got back from that vacation. Uh, no one is doing self-quarantine. It, it, it just seems... Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm really concerned. There's a lot of construction workers in, 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 you know, in, in Ontario, basically, and around Canada. And um, I just feel that we're not being protected. 
All right, Vince, thank you very much. Obviously, some very legitimate concerns that Vince has there. What what we know is that the government and medical offices of health have called for social distancing, no groups more than 50, uh, to try and self-isolate as much as possible. But the premier said this morning that, you know, business is not shut down. So that's why we're seeing construction uh, sites continue on. There will be questions and legitimate questions from people, especially working on, in those, on those sites and working, going to work, whether or not that's a, that's a wise idea. That may evolve. Welcome back to the program as we are about to take some of your calls, your personal experiences. But before we get there, an incredible piece of audio, this from the last hour as Canada's health minister, Patty Haydu, was talking about the fears that many Canadians may be experiencing right now. So my last appeal is make sure that you're kind to one another. Check in with vulnerable people by phone. Think of ways you can help to ensure that we get through this together. There are scared people, there are lonely people, there are frightened people, and it doesn't take a lot to reach out to them and say that you're there with them, even in spirit, to ask what they might need. That is Canada's Health Minister speaking within the last hour from Ottawa. Many people right now have personal stories, stories like mine of a family member who is now trying to get back from the United States and all of the difficulties that they are encountering and just even over the last 48 hours trying to convince you know these people that you know this is serious you should come home right now and now that message has gotten through our caller on the line is Ken Ken your sister is trying to get home from Australia is that right yeah they went down for a wedding uh, last Saturday and uh, they were supposed to be on a three-week vacation and when the Prime Minister said everyone should try and get home, they started immediately trying to get a flight home. Did you have any discussions with her before she left? Did you, did, was she weighing whether or not she should go? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Uh, because it was a close family member, as a niece, she felt that uh, she had to go. And at that time, it wasn't as prevalent out there as it should have been. You think that there has wasn't enough warning for people like your sister not to go? Yeah, like the warning should have came in when to tell people to stop flying now, right? Rather than wait this long. But in saying that, it took they're not getting out of there until next Sunday night. That was the earliest flight they could get. So they're there f- uh, until Sunday. Now they have accommodations. They have, you know, the f- obviously family there. What, what yeah, are you hearing yeah. about? What is this? What is the situation in Australia? What's your sister saying about that? Um, she said it's very mild. I mean, people are vigilant, you know, to wash their hands and keep things clean and stuff like that. But it's not as severe as it is in Ontario and the other parts of the world. Ken, thank you very much. Appreciate your call. I want to go to Demetra, who's on the line. Hello. Alan, thanks for taking my call. What's your concern? Well, my husband is the funeral director, and he's the last responder, and I know that everyone picks their jobs, and he's great at that. And I'm concerned that, yes, people are going to funerals 
Um, and I realize they want to say their last goodbyes to the, pay their last respects to the families, but I think families should be staying away. It should be an immediate burial or cremation, whichever the family chooses, and then maybe should now reconsider of having a celebration of life afterwards. And not everyone has to gather in these large funeral homes and and expose each other. So my husband is one of those funeral directors, and he's got to be part. He's got to do this, but I'm thinking. People should stay away and reconsider going to funeral homes as well. These are this is is, something is he still having to you know con- conduct services and put services together? Are people still coming in? Is that a problem? People, no, it's not a problem. But people, families, extended family wants to c- come and pay their last respects. So people Certainly. should think of you know what, stay away, and you know what, as I said, reconsider and say, okay, we'll gather later on in the springtime, later on in the spring, have a celebration of life. Uh, now, is your husband having to, c- to communicate that to, you know, obviously bereaved family members to say, listen, we just can't do this, we have to cancel Web- it? No websites. The website specifically says that stay away if you have uh, any kind of symptoms, but some people just don't abide by that and still go to maybe the viewings and want to be there. Demetra, thank you for your call. I mean, you know, this touches so many aspects of our lives that, you know, you, you don't readily think of. And then you think, oh, my goodness, I mean, could, could you imagine this? I mean, you, you've lost a loved one. It just happened to have happened. And, you know, you're gathering together. And now it's like, well, no, you are not. You are not going to be able to say goodbye. I have an aunt who, you know, takes care of my uncle, and he's in a long-term care home, and he has Parkinson's, and she was informed yesterday that she can no longer go and see him. And, I mean, it helps It helps explain uh, the health minister's reaction. I think we all are having it. It has a, has a deep impact personally on so many lives. Steve's on the line. Another uh, time for a quick call here. Steve, you work in the automotive industry? Yeah, that's correct. What's your concern? Are you still going to work? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say which company, but I'm within an hour of Toronto, uh, 4,200 people roughly, and we're still going full shifts, full tilt. Um, all the stuff they tell us, you know, we should do to help minimize the risks, so, uh, the distancing, uh, washing of hands. Um, there, there's no way that that can be done in a line situation. Everybody's two feet apart. I'm kind of waiting for the company to do the right thing and just... Uh, Are you going in today? Yes. Like, I mean, I've been there a uh, considerable amount of time, and, and you know, it's my job, and, and it's like I'm just waiting for the company to do the right thing, and they don't seem to be reacting very quickly. Like, they do small little things to say they're doing something, but in reality, it's full production, full staff, really no changes. All right, Steve, thank you very much. Uh, Steve works in the automotive industry and, you know, sort of like, you know, in, in every industry, people are, are asking themselves and, you know, asking their companies, like, are you are you sure? Are you, are you sure I, sh- I need to come in or we're going to continue to run this line? We're going to continue to hold the celebration of life? It's going to touch every aspect of life. Welcome back to the program, continuing coverage of COVID-19, and I want to take you now to Italy, to Bergamo, which is northeast of Milan, which has been so hard hit by coronavirus. To get a sense of what is happening there, 
And on the line is Jasmine Ma, who is from Edmonton, but is living in Italy. Hello, Jasmine. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm well. Uh, let's begin with how are you and what are your living conditions? Where are you? Well, um, I think I'm holding up pretty well for the second week of lockdown. Luckily, we are out a little bit in the suburbs, so not right in the city. But we're just working from home and trying to stay home as much as possible. What are you seeing? I mean, are, are you obviously being able to go out to stores and get things? Um, what's, what's happening in the town where you live? Absolutely. You are, of course, allowed to go out, but only for essentials. And the idea is to obviously not go out if you don't have to. So we go out maybe once a week to get groceries, even less. And uh, you can go to the pharmacy, and that's about it. What uh, what are the store shelves like? Is it stocked? I have to say that it's completely stocked. So I know that I can't speak for other countries, but in Italy, getting food, getting supplies is really a non-issue. There's no problems getting anything that you need. Toilet Maybe paper? the other day we... Sorry? Toilet paper? I don't know if you know, but in Canada there has been hoarding of toilet paper. I had heard that. It just baffles me. There is plenty of toilet paper. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess that's a silver lining right there. Uh, Yeah. do Do you know anyone who has tested positive? I don't know anyone personally, but again, they're not testing... It's not that they're testing everyone, though. So um, my colleague, for example, was told by his doctor that it's very likely that he he has it, but they can't test. They can't test him because he's at home. He's doing fine clinically. You know, he's not needing to go to the hospital. So just as an example, it's kind of, it's it's possible that I know someone, but they're not testing officially. So then when you see the numbers coming out about confirmed cases and so on and so forth, does that mm-hmm. does it mean anything, I guess? That's a good question. That's a good question. Of course, those numbers are only ones that have been tested at the hospital. And, you know, you're thinking about cases that are quite bad because, yeah, if you're just in the community and you're doing, let's say, quote-unquote, fine, um, and you're just at home under quarantine they're not necessarily going to come out and test you because obviously tests are short and uh, even resources to get those tests done. I'm speaking with Jasmine Ma, who is living in Italy, in uh, northeast of Milan right now. Um, what, what do you do for a living, and, and how has that been working for you? So luckily I am an English teacher as well as a translator, so... Once the lockdown started, we just moved everything online, and I've just been teaching my normal lessons through an online platform, and it's going fairly well. And are you able to get paid? I am luckily still getting paid, yes, uh, as is my husband, but we're definitely lucky. This is not the case for everybody. Uh, Unfortunately, a lot of businesses can't afford to keep up paying, and I think that I have some friends who are expats have been unfortunately taken advantage of during the situation and essentially fired from their jobs. Fired from their jobs. 
because they are not Italian citizens? Yeah, I mean, because I think some employers have maybe taken advantage of the situation and said, you know, unless you voluntarily decide to leave, (laughs) you know, because they can't afford to pay when there's no business. It depends on what industry you're in. Uh, And things like, you know, bill collection and paying taxes and and rent and all of that, has there been some movement on the part of landlords or banks on that? I believe so. I believe it's actually been on a on a federal government level. So I know that they've uh, essentially suspended like mortgages and um, bill payments. I don't know all the specifics, but yes, a lot of things they've kind of made concessions for and postponed everything. I'm speaking with uh, Jasmine Ma, who is living in Italy. You uh, by now have heard the calls from the Prime Minister for Canadian citizens to return home. What is your plan? Oh, I, I have no plans to return home. I mean, I have two homes, but I, I'm planning on staying at this one. In truth, I'm actually feeling fairly safe in this situation, just knowing that everything is in lockdown. Canada makes me a bit more nervous at this point. As why, why is that? At the moment. Why, why is, why is Canada a, making you more, more nervous? It's a strange feeling, but... Uh, to know that we're in complete lockdown, that we're really mitigating the risk of the spread. So let's say I don't want to I don't want to say that the risk is zero, but we're basically at our house most of the most of the time. So the the risk of actually getting it or spreading it, I think, is much lower than if I were to get up right now and get on a plane and travel and come back to Canada. And I don't know. I think each province has different measures happening right now so it's not you guys aren't on a nationwide lockdown or anything like that right no we've closed the border to everyone except for a large swath of exceptions which include all americans which i think many canadians are concerned about and somewhat baffled by right exactly (laughs) exactly so that would be that's one factor that's also concerning to me all right, Jasmine. Jasmine Ma is uh, living in Italy. She is uh, originally from Edmonton. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the program and giving us that update. And please stay safe. Thank you. You as well. All right, so much to uh, go through. I want to take you through some of the headlines, some of the things that we have learned within the last hour. And that is there has been a confirmed death in Ontario, a 77 year old man from the Muskoka area. Uh, has uh, confirmed to have died from COVID-19. We have eight new cases being reported in Ontario today, but that number is somewhat misleading if you look at the overall test numbers, which are quite low, about a 1,000 more tests. If I'm reading that number right, and I believe I am, uh, and then including in that the Medical Officer of Health for Canada saying that the most concerning The most concerning thing right now is in Ontario, the jump in cases in Ontario, and specifically three cases that appear to be community transfer, that they have no link to travel, they have no discernible link as to where they would have got coronavirus. 
440 odd cases in Canada. The worldwide number stands at 180,000 cases confirmed in 160 different countries. The president has been speaking in the last little while. I want to just take you to some of that now. This is from uh, Daniel Dale, who you will know was previously the Toronto Star reporter, who now covers uh, the the president for CNN. And he has been tweeting what Trump has been saying. And asked about Canada closing the border to non-citizens, Trump notes, not to the United States, Asked if he's considering closing the U.S. land border, Trump says he doesn't want to say that and that he has an outstanding relationship with Canada and Mexico. Trump says also there were, quote-unquote, unbelievable numbers of deaths in the 1918 flu pandemic. That was the one people write about. That was an incredible pandemic. (laughs) Donald Trump just has a... that, That was... Now, that was a pandemic. This... Uh, And he was also asked about, uh, and I just want to quickly just get down to this here, because it is in here. Trump, we're working with the states and relying on the states. We have to, they have its point of sale, its point of sight. I think just about every instance getting along really well with the states. So it looks like the president is saying, well, that the individual public health Units are going to have to be able to respond to that in the United States. I think there's big concern about what's happening down there. And I have had reports from people who have been in Florida who are saying people are going to the pool and people are still going to restaurants. I mean, regardless of the fact that the president said yesterday limit to 10 people, you know, no more than groups of 10 people, it appears that that message has not widely been heeded in the United States.